Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Let's go. Let's go. any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there on Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood Sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? Good evening. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast here on NGSCSports.com. We are live. It is Wednesday, December 21st, 2016. Again, we are here on the homepage, NGSCSports.com, where we never stop. Visit the site for all of these shows, all the written content, check out the bonus coverage, and everything else that NGSC Sports has to offer. You can check out all the shows on the NGSC Sports Radio Network by searching NGSC, where they're on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, or the TuneIn Radio app. You can podcast our show directly by searching Huddle Up with Jim and Dave on iTunes and Android. And uh, if you do subscribe to us on iTunes, make sure you rate and review us. That'll help us get our uh, numbers up there. We appreciate that. Also, we stream daily on LeibSports.com. That is L-E-E-I-B Sports.com. You can follow the show on Twitter, or excuse me, on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Jim Sports. Uh, we apologize about no show last week. Uh, just getting a little crazy around the holidays here. We want to welcome you in our last show before the Christmas holiday. Dave, good evening, sir. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. I think you just set the record for the longest introduction ever with that. 
Oh, you know, it's a uh, it's, uh, music, whatever it was. I'd say it's a uh, it's a little bit festive time of year, Dave. We got to get into the spirit, man. I'm a Grinch Gerhard, so I do whatever I want. Boy, there's a surprise. There's a surprise, Dave. Dave being a a grumpy and a Grinch. But uh, again, we apologize. No show last week. Uh, just some craziness. I was under the weather, and we couldn't, uh, you know, pull it together for Friday. So uh, we apologize. There, we appreciate you understanding. Um, Dave, let's uh, let's get right into it. Here we have the uh, the bowl season is underway. We have the uh, the 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 Yahoo Sports uh, the the pick and pull. I'm going to kind of let you uh, you grab the reins here on on uh, on this because I think you have a have a couple of thoughts when it comes to the uh, they had the pick and pull. Yeah, what's do you, you happen to see the standings on there, Jim? Uh, I have not checked them uh, since uh, since they started. Which uh, you know that I that's think, bad on I think me. Pull it up and give us a live update, please. All right, let me uh, let me find them here. Let me let me get the let me get the page loaded while you go in your little rant. I'll get the standings up and my little rant. I just thought it was very interesting. I think there's 17 folks that decided to have the fun uh, to begin with in the uh, pick and pull. I think there were two people that picked San Diego State uh, over Houston. Yours truly is one of them, uh, and they were about three point favorites. They went up to five maybe when the game started. Uh, but then there were also there were three times as many people that picked uh, that picked uh, Arkansas State to win, uh, and they were six point underdogs. So it was kind of interesting to me that the the numbers were that interesting with uh, the spread differential. So uh, just some interesting things there. Um, Western Kentucky smashed them last night. Tulsa smashed them two nights ago, I believe. Uh, so there really hasn't been too many uh, truly competitive bowl games. Uh, looks like we have a low-scoring affair going on right now between uh, BYU and Wyoming. Uh, I think BYU is a better team personally, uh, but uh, Wyoming has their second, I believe their second quarterback is starting, who's still uh, still pretty good, uh, maybe a slight upgrade over the actual starter, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what they can do on the, the vaunted BYU defense. So do you have any luck with those standings there, Jim? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I, have them, uh, I have them here. That's uh, a nice surprise for you there, sir. So we, uh, here's what I'll say is that uh, between you and I, we we are on uh, we are on the opposite poles of each other. Somebody is on the top, and uh, and and somebody's at the bottom. And if you've if you've listened to the show all season, you you probably have a pretty good guess based on being college football, who is at the top and and who is at the bottom. Wow. Man, I uh, maybe I shouldn't have have named my picks. I will defeat Dave because uh, the I'm, only thing that's positive left for you is I think you got like thirty five games left. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly time to uh, you know to 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 make up ground, but I've been saying that all year and unsuccessfully, <laughs> I might add. That was the first that you looked at the standings too. We didn't plan that ahead of time, did we? No, we we certainly did not. I actually had to sign in to uh, to Yahoo because now that my fantasy football season uh, is over, I don't I don't really use that uh, the, the the fantasy page uh, for that. That's a separate email from what I normally use. So I that uh, I, I actually had to sign in, and boy, yeah, I'm well behind. Well behind you, Dave. I'm already five behind you after seven uh after seven games. So 
Th- th- this should come as no surprise to anybody who who has been following following along for the uh, for the season. I'm certainly not shocked by it for sure. <laughs> so before we uh, before we get into the actual uh, discussion about this uh, the set of games, and there there are quite numerous. Um, it is is a I think what fourteen fifteen something like that between now. And, uh, and and next week's show. But before we get into it, uh, th- there's been a lot of uh, talk about uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Leonard Fournette uh, opting to uh, skip out, uh, for lack of a better word or phrase, on uh, on their bowl games. Um, and there's there's certainly there's one side of the argument that you know these guys should uh, you know finish out their career, finish out the season. Uh, they're that they're turning back on, uh, turning their back on their team and and the, their fellow players. They're, the other side of the argument is, you know, look at like what happened to Marcus Lattimore. Look at what happened to Jalen Smith last year against Ohio State. These guys are, uh, you know, moving on to the NFL and they are risking plenty in these bowl games. That that really, unless you're playing for a national championship um, or in the playoff, don't really mean anything. So the argument there is why why do these guys play why uh risk uh you know their their career their future uh on on one more meaningless game um where what are what what where are you at on this day what what is your thought on these guys um you know but bypassing the bowl game well before i uh, give thoughts here jim do you want to give the call in number ah yes uh, i will do that 401 Three four seven zero six one three, and then you have to enter the pin two nine three one two. We will have the phone line open all night, uh, and I will do my best uh, to rem- remember to uh, read that number again throughout the show. Dave, I'm certain will remind me the number again four zero one three four seven zero six one three. Use pin two nine three one two. Well, Jim, uh, this whole college thing. Um... I, I, I don't want to sound like a politician here, but uh, I'm kind of going to walk the middle line on it because I really don't have an opinion on this. Um, I can kind of see both sides of it. If I'm in uh, Lattimore's or McCafferty's place, um, I, I, I definitely see the aspect that I have no interest in playing in the, in the, the minor bowl game, for lack of a better term, especially when I'm going to be getting a – sizable paycheck uh, on Sundays next year. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to play one more game with my kids, kids, teammates, etc. But I got to look at this. This is how I'm planning on making my money because I surely didn't go to school to focus on academics. But the counter argument is if if, if I have a chance at a national title, there's no way you're keeping me out of the game. So, but I look at it, uh, if I'm a fan of the, if I'm a fan of LSU, my thoughts are at the moment, I'm like, oh, some of these, uh, I don't want to say lesser-known recruits, but some of the, the, the next guys don't get a chance to play in a primetime bowl that can be valuable experience for the following year. Uh, again, granted, these schools have all pretty good recruits, but uh, it's just kind of an interesting avenue that uh, it gets them some experience for the following year. So, What are your thoughts? I know uh, I actually uh, I, I didn't see that any uh, Notre Dame guys were sitting out of their bowls this year. Wow, you had to you had to keep you have to keep taking that shot, huh? 
Um, I, I'm, I'm getting one back in the NFL, so I got to. Well, that's true. That's entirely true. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I don't really know where I sit on this, and I'm not, I'm not just trying to to play the line, um, because what I what I will say about it is, I, I think there 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 starts to kind of to be this weird area where if this starts to become more of a trend, that uh, unless we're in a playoff. Uh, maybe unless we, you know, we're a Big Ten, a uh, Big Ten or Pac-12 team, and we made it to the Rose Bowl, you know, I'm I'm gonna sit out of these games. Uh, it, you know, I mean, there there's far too many uh, bowl games. I mean, you, you look over the list. There's what some, somewhere around 40 bowl games. So there, there's just so many of them. What do they really mean? Uh, do they really matter beyond you know money and and some extra practice time for the players? You know that mm-hmm. that that question always comes into play. And, you know, we, we, we talk about this, we, we think about this, we look at this every year and the, the issue for me is if we start to decide that these games don't mean anything. So these guys are, you know, they're going to start sitting out of these games because they mean nothing. Sure. That's fine. Let's. Let's allow it. I'll, I'll go that far. I'll say let's allow you to sit out. You don't play the bowl game because it doesn't mean anything. Now, what happens when um, what happens when midway through the season, you, the the team that you're playing on, you know, you 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 go on a four game losing streak and you can no longer make the playoff. Does that player that's leaving decide then? Hey, I'm going to sit out the rest of the year now because these games are meaningless. We can't win. We can't win a playoff. I, I think the, the the sitting out. While I understand why, and I'm not trying to to tell anyone what to do with their life. I'm not trying to tell anyone what to do, um, you know, with their body, with their safety, anything like that. Because I certainly do understand. You see an injury like Jalen Smith. You know, thankfully it looks like he should he should be able to play uh, next season for the Cowboys, but there was a chance he wasn't going to be able to. Marcus Lattimore never played again after the injury that he suffered. So th- there, I-, I can see the argument. I'm not going to tell anyone that they shouldn't do it. It'd be like trying to tell someone, you know, don't leave school early. You know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be that guy. I-, I just think that, you know, saying it, and 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 beginning this process of this bowl game doesn't mean anything, so I'm going to sit out is only going to lead to you know that that situation where hey we're uh, you know we're six and four with two games left. I'm not I'm, I'm done. I'm going to sit out the rest of the year. Um, you know what's it matter to them if if they you know if they get cut from the team they, if they lose the scholarship whatever they're going into the NFL. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I think it could be a slippery slope. Well, the, the other thing too is how will this becomes a bigger trend? How will NFL scouts look at it? Well, they look at it as, you know, this guy, this guy quits when the going gets tough. Maybe I don't want to take my, you know, fifth overall pick on him. So I, I think there's multiple layers to it and, you know, I, I just, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think there's a right answer. 
And that's been the discussions. Everybody, you know, tries to say, you know, you know, you're wrong for thinking this, you're wrong for thinking that, but I don't think there is a right answer. Yeah, Jim, I'm uh, I'm 100% on with you there in agreement that uh, there there isn't a uh, there isn't a right answer in this. It's just uh, I think it's player specific at which one fits them a little bit better and uh, kind of go from there. Yeah, you know, it and you know for for McCaffrey and Fournette, I mean, you know, especially with you know with running backs, I know Dan Patrick talked about it. You know, these guys have carried the ball what you know hundreds and hundreds of times, and and, and every time. You know, a, a running back touches the ball is valuable. It, it's such a hard-hitting position, and the shelf life on these guys is is short if you look at, at the average in the NFL. So, um, you know, I, I can't necessarily blame them, especially with two guys that were hurt during the year. It's not like these guys have gone, you know, clean through the entire year without having any injury problems. So um, I don't have a problem with it. I, I just uh, – you know, I, again, I just yeah. There's no, there's no easy answer. There, there's no right answer, no wrong answer. Definitely agree with that. So, Dave, uh, I'm I'm going to kind of turn the floor over to you. There's there's plenty of uh, you know plenty of bowl games to to talk about. Uh, we probably don't have time to talk about all of them because uh, there's less than 45 minutes. And there's, I think, 15 bowl games. That that'd be like what, you know, between two and three minutes per game. So, uh, I'm going to leave it up to you to talk about which ones you want to talk about. Let's kind of run down them all. Uh, keep it real high level. Um, if you wanna you wanna jump in on anything? Obviously, feel free. Um, first one up is tomorrow night's bowl game. Uh, the eight and four Idaho Vandals are playing Colorado State Rams in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. It's not just the Idaho Potato Bowl. It's the famous Idaho Potato well, you Bowl. you got to love those potatoes, brother. That's exactly it. So this one, um, uh, Colorado is – Colorado State's actually favored by uh, 14 and a half, 15 at the moment. Um, uh, I think they definitely have the better defense in this. Um, but I, Idaho has a uh, pretty stout passing game that's gotten some attention late in the year. Um, so it'll be if, uh, if Colorado State can contain – their uh, pass game, they should have no issue with this one, but uh, it's bowl season, and Idaho's at home here, so who knows what happens with those potatoes for lunch. Yeah, I think that the, one of the craziest things, both these teams coming in pretty hot, uh, Idaho closing the year, winning six of their last seven, uh, and if they if they win this game, uh, it would match their win total from the previous five seasons when they went 9-50. and 50. Uh, and they would finish this year with nine wins. Colorado State winning four of their last five uh, to finish seven and five. So both these teams coming in hot um, will be uh, will be very interesting to see which one is able to uh, to get the win. Idaho maybe with the uh, a little bit of the the home cooking here in this one. Definitely. Uh, one thing I want to add here, Jimmy, is uh, we're doing no picks on this. Uh, our college bowl picks will be our picks for the, uh, yes. the college bowl season. So the picks from the uh, the pickums where I'm off to a wonderful seven and zero start. Ooh. And if you and if you uh, failed to get in it. into that pool, then that's your own fault. We gave you I mean, ample opportunity. I'm going to be buying you. Uh, I'm going to be buying you beer with my winning. But uh, yes. it's just how it's going to work. Absolutely. As long as I'm there and the uh, wings are hot and the beer is cold, that's all I care about. It's going to be flat, but it'll be cold. That's yeah. what you deserve. Either either way. 
Uh, next bowl, then, um, we have Eastern Michigan Eagles uh, at the well, – I guess it's not at the, but uh, they're playing the Old Dominion Monarchs. Did you ever think you'd see a bowl game where you have Old Dominion favored in football? And this is the Popeye's Bahamas Bowl. Um, pretty safe to say no on this one. <laughs> For sure. Um, kind of, kind of going off of what you did last time. This, uh, this Old Dominion offense is pretty stout. Um, Washington's looked pretty good passing the ball. Uh, Pascal, I think he's got eight or nine touchdowns on the year, close to a thousand yards receiving. Uh, this Eastern Michigan team is pretty solid. Uh, they're 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 coming out of the the Mid American where they finished fourth in the West Division with a uh, 500 record in conference. Uh, also the same division that Western Michigan's in, who's undefeated. Uh, where you have Old Dominion that's uh, seven and one in their conference, nine and three overall. So their only uh, their only in conference loss was to Western Kentucky, who uh, pretty solid football squad there. So uh, Old Dominion's coming in on a uh, pretty stout, uh, probably winning seven out of the last eight uh, based on the conference schedule. Uh, Four-point favorites at the moment, but uh, this is one that could go either way. Yeah, uh, from from what I what I see here, the uh, Eastern Michigan has not uh, has not been to a bowl game since the uh, the California Bowl, which is no longer even a bowl game. Uh, after the 1987 season, when they beat San Jose, San Jose State 30 to 27, this is Old Dominion's first bowl trip in the third year uh, of having a Division One program. So, um, yeah, and and I mean they're they're coming in with a great offense, and um, you know a similar stat to what I had with Idaho, uh, Eastern Michigan. Um, if they, uh, they they enter the game with seven wins, the same number it had for from the 2012 through 2015 seasons when they went seven and 41. So, uh, you know, two programs that uh, you know even on a a, a smaller scale uh, on the rise. Definitely. Uh, next game we have then. Uh, this is actually one of my favorite bowls that I think is going to be very interesting to watch play out. Um, you have Louisiana Tech. At number twenty-five, Amy or Army, not Amy. Good Lord! Uh, in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, uh, currently Louisiana Tech is about six and a half point favorites. Um, th- this game is going to be um, the, the, if, when you're making your pick for this game. The key thing you have to do is you have to figure out what Navy's mental state is. They lost to Temple and they lost to Army their last two games. Does this team even care about the bowl game? Very, very important question when looking at this. The other thing that's going to play into this, um, Louisiana Tech can throw the ball. Navy is in the lower five in defensive pass in pass efficiency in, the, in uh, college football. But you go to the other side of the ball, Navy can obviously, obviously run it with their quadruple-triple option that they run. <laughs> but Louisiana Tech has had multiple weeks to prepare for it, which makes stopping it easy. Um, I know you're taking Navy in this, and you know I'm picking against Navy, so we don't even have to hide our picks on this one. But uh, I, I definitely think that this is going to be an interesting one to watch, and I personally don't feel like Navy's going to get off the bus on this one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Navy's won, um, you know, they, they, they're they 3-1 and one over the last four years. It's their fifth straight bowl game. Um, you know, the program's on the rise and, and things like that. You got to wonder – 
like I was I was thinking that you know before you said it that you just don't know what what state they're in and, and where they're at um you know uh, we were no you weren't you weren't with me I, I was watching I, I couldn't remember exactly who I was watching the game with we were watching the the army navy game and I was uh, I was surprised that they lost I mean I I think I thought navy was the better team um but uh you know, and, and and Louisiana Tech can can cap off a you know a pretty good season for themselves. So yeah, that that's going to be the key. Is is does Navy give a damn? Um, I I hope they do. Uh, because you know I I think getting to uh, you know get it getting another win and and when you're facing that uh, that rebound after a tough loss uh, will show kind of the uh, the the fortitude of the team. And definitely, I think it's going to be very interesting. I mean, I, I personally don't think you can get – how do you get your – I know it's a bowl game and everything, but how do you get your players up for a bowl game? You lost your conference championship, and then you, uh, which had the potential, as we talked about, to get you into that uh, automatic bid for the huge bowl. Uh, and then you obviously didn't get off the bus last weekend against the Army because – or the weekend, the following weekend for Army because it just wasn't a uh, – it wasn't a textbook Navy effort this year. So it'll be interesting to see um, – but uh, I think it helps them that it's the Armed Forces Bowl, in all honesty, because I think that's something that will help, uh, yeah, help get the hype Yeah, the motivation there, yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be an interesting one to watch, and I'm strangely excited to watch it. So, uh, if you don't have anything else there, Jim, we'll move on to the last game on uh, Friday. Yeah, we'll keep it moving. Friday, I think these are. Uh, Friday, 8 o'clock, you have Ohio at Troy. Well, not at Troy, voice versus Troy, uh the Dollar General Bowl. Uh, Troy is currently about uh, – this game is in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, you have – Which, I mean, let's be honest, these. it could not be the more perfect place for the Dollar General Bowl. <laughs> I can't argue that. Just hope a strip club's nearby. I mean, it, it just get rid of all those singles at once. Oh, ooh, lovely. Yes. Um, but this is total hovering just under 50. Um, I think the key to this game is who's going to be able to convert when the uh, when you get down close to the red zone and when you're when you're in these uh, you're in these uh, second and sevens who can make it third and four and give themselves a chance at the first down. Um, both these offenses, uh, I would qualify them as average. Maybe I don't know that I would go much past that. And uh, same on the defensive side of the ball. I think you have two very average teams going at it here. Uh, this one should be a pretty competitive game. Uh, I don't really have much on this one. Uh, I have to do a little bit more digging. I didn't have a ton of time to prepare as we were discussing on the show here or before the show, Jimmy. But uh, this one should be a very interesting one. Uh, not much really jumped out at me in this one. So this should be another one that will be a uh, competitive bowl game. The, the key number I have to throw out this one is 2012 uh, because Ohio is in search of their first nine-win season since going 9-4 and four in 2012. And um, – the and they also uh have not won a bowl game uh since the independence bowl after the 2012 season uh troy this is their first bowl trip since winning the new orleans bowl uh after the 2010 season and will cap its first 10 win season in the 16 year history of division one football at the school so uh kind of a lot at stake at least in terms of uh post game uh postseason successes uh, for, for both of these teams. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a lot on this one either, Dave. Uh, again, I, I'm just, every time we talk about one of these games, even if they are the, the, the kind of lower end of the bowl schedule, 
Um, it just, and I know you're going to love it. It kind of just digs that knife deeper and deeper into me because I'm looking at all the teams that have qualified for a bowl game. And, um, that team from Northern Indiana, uh, is, uh, is missing from every single one. Well, since we're talking about teams that are under 500, uh, perfect transition to the next game, Jim. Well done. Uh, your Hawaii Rainbow Warriors have qualified for a bowl game and Notre Dame didn't. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that that's happened before, maybe, I hope, probably at some point. Probably not. Hasn't, uh, probably not. Uh, but Florida, H- H- Hawaii Rainbow Warriors are playing the middle Middle Tennessee. Uh, this is your your Christmas Eve game at eight o'clock at night. Uh, ironically, the Hawaii Bowl. Um, so you look at the you look at the stats on these two teams. Um, it's pretty obvious that Middle Tennessee State is the better team on paper. Uh, but we, as we always know, that doesn't always translate over to the bowl games. So uh, I don't have a lot on either of these two teams. I've actually watched some Hawaii games this year. So uh, yeah, I kind of have that problem. But uh, there's nothing else on after midnight on some Saturdays. So you just have to do what you have to do. Uh, I, I think that uh, Middle Tennessee is definitely the better game or the better team in this one. Uh, but, again, you ha- it, will, will Middle Tennessee have the focus traveling to Hawaii on Christmas Eve night and be able to get up for this game? This Hawaii team is, I don't want to call them sneaky good, but they're sneaky. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, this, is, this is another one that's uh, – interesting yeah the the funny stat about it dave is this is the seventh uh appearance in the hawaii bowl for hawaii they are uh currently a three and three split uh in 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 those uh in those games so you know so maybe they're kind of uh the more lax team because they're they are kind of at home uh if you will middle middle tennessee uh in search of their first nine win season uh, since 2009, Hawaii won the only other meeting between these schools way back in 1993. They won it 35 to 14. Uh, second year in a row that uh, that Middle Tennessee has made it to a bowl game. They lost the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl last year to Western Michigan, so they're looking to uh, even out the recent bowl history for themselves. How? This is one thing that pees me a little bit while, while we're on Hawaii, but how pissed would you be as a college football player if you got into a uh, bowl game and you had to play in your home stadium? Yeah, it'd be cool playing in front of the fans, but, man, I want to go like, the Las Vegas Bowl, uh, somewhere else. just to, well, know, and, like, and, and I mean, Hawaii right. and, and is just they, – they're obviously so isolated from, from everything because they're, you know, no pun intended, just out there on an island. So um, – you know, it's it really is. It has to be weird. It has to suck to you know, just not not get off the island and and for your family to have to come out there. Um, even maybe you know, make a good little trip for the family. I guess uh, you know, a Christmas trip to Hawaii. But it'd be uh, it'd be weird. It'd be weird to just you know, hey, look, we have another home game. Yeah, like how do you? you oh, we're in a bowl, but we're playing at home. Congratulations. Good yeah, reward, good, you know? good job, guys. So, uh, next, next bowl game, uh, we're starting on Monday now, uh, Monday the 26th. Uh, most people actually have off for Christmas on this. Uh, I know it's a federal banking holiday, so it makes me happy. <laughs> uh, you have Miami, Ohio playing Mississippi State. So, uh, Jim, I just want to point out Mississippi State's in a bowl, and ESPN showed me a 5-7 and seven record right now. 
So I know that's one that I know you love when teams make <laughs> postseason with a losing record. I, I can't even say anything because if Notre Dame would have found a way to get the five wins, they'd be doing it. You'd be okay with it all of a sudden, then I'm sure. I, I would not be okay so, with Notre Dame being five and seven. <laughs> you'd be okay with it this year, considering they went what three and ten. Uh, four, four and eight. Let's be fair. Let's give them credit for the four that they did win. So uh, anyhow, Miami, Ohio, uh, and Mississippi State here. Mississippi State favored by just under two touchdowns. Uh, total on the board of uh, 58 and a half at the moment, I believe. Uh, I think this is one that you see some points scored here. Uh, I have a theory that when you have some of the big power conference teams playing a lesser conference team, uh, Miami, Ohio will qualify as that. Uh, that the defense just doesn't care as much, on the, especially with an SEC-level defense, that they're going to come in and uh, I don't want to say play to not get hurt, but they're going to play the 60 minutes that they have to escape unharmed. And uh, there should be enough talent on both sides of the ball, you would think, being two, two touchdown favorites here to, uh, to take the lead or, and win the game, of course. But uh, this, this is one that uh, if Mississippi cares for two quarters, they win this game. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, uh, Mississippi State, the first, Dave, the first SEC team to appear in the St. Petersburg Bowl while Miami of Ohio becomes the third Mid-American Conference school, uh, the other two being Ohio and Ball State, to appear in the game. Um, Mississippi. Would you, would you just call it Mid-American? The MAC, yeah. Mac. The mac uh, yeah, exactly. We don't say the whole name. Come on now. I, I, I apologize. I apologize for uh, for upsetting you uh, in in this uh, in this holiday week. Um, Mississippi State making their twentieth all time bowl appearance and are one of only five SEC schools uh, to go to a bowl game uh, every season this decade. So um, they are, and and they did it while being sub five hundred. So congratulations. Slow clap for you. <laughs> Don't hurt your hands there, big guy. <laughs> oh, I won't. Two thirty. We have uh, we have the Quick Lane Bowl featuring Maryland against Boston College. Uh, you, you, everyone knows how uh, pretty solid Boston College defense is. Uh, Maryland's is pretty good as well. Uh, this is a game that uh, both teams have uh, definite definite possibilities of winning. Uh, the, the, the current line is sitting at uh, one point, so it's essentially a pick em. Uh The total is at 42.5. I think that total might be a little high at the moment. I think the first one to 17 in this might win the game. Uh, so I definitely think that this is, again, another game where you have to you have to score the touchdowns when you get the opportunity, especially inside that 10-yard line. you got to find a way to put the ball in the end zone. Um, I, I think this will be an interesting one. You have two programs that are a little under the radar in their respective conferences. So it'll be good that they get some uh, some light on their programs, and uh, definitely coaches will play a role in this as well. Yeah, a, an intriguing stat here is in, when you, a lot of times you know, you talk about close games and uh, point differential things like that. Miami out, has been outscored by an average of only three point six points uh, per game this season. Boston College five point five. So you know the teams have at least uh, you know kept it uh, somewhat close. Uh, you know whether it's um, you know, win, wins or losses there. Uh, the um, uh, Maryland has four quarterbacks 
with at least 33 pass attempts this season. Um, that that's not the key to uh to super great success as they sit at six and six. Um, Maryland averaging 379.5 total yards of offense per game. Boston College, 288.3. Boston College leads the series eight to three uh, all time, including victories in the past three meetings. So Maryland looking to uh to get ahead of the to, to break that trend. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next game we got then is 5 o'clock uh, Monday night. The Camping World Independence Bowl featuring NC State and Vanderbilt. Uh, two two pretty competitive teams this year. Um, this this one lined at four in favor of NC State at the moment with a total of about 44. Um, it's in Louisiana, I believe. Uh, if this one happens to be played in the rain, I think there's a huge advantage to NC State because they have some experience in the rain this year. What an ass. But uh, I, I think this should be another competitive game. Uh, these, these are both two teams that I uh, I personally thought were going to do a little bit better this year. So I think they both have uh, underachieved a little bit. But uh, I, I think that this is, a, this is a game that you can send a, a, a real clear-cut message to the, the guys coming back that this program is going to be good next year. Uh, so this is this is a game that both teams need to really dig in and uh, definitely try and uh, do what they can to win this. Uh, and a, a fun note for the game itself: the Independence Bowl is the nation's 11th oldest bowl game. Um, I'm not sure what the uh, what the oldest or the or I know what the oldest is, but what the newest I should say uh, bowl game is is it the Boca Raton Bowl or something like that? I, I think one of those is probably the newest one. Um, the in the all time series Vanderbilt leading uh two uh two and oh North Carolina State played in tw- has played in twenty nine bowl games including twelve since the year two thousand Vanderbilt making their eighth bowl appearance in program history fourth in the past six years. Ah, some interesting stats there. Um, next next we go to crap I lost a day uh, Tuesday the twenty seventh. So smack dab in between Christmas and New Year's, pretty much. Uh, first game of the day is Army at North Texas. Uh, this is the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, the uh, Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl held at the Cotton Bowl. Um, as I said for Navy, this is a game, before you can even look at you have to look and see what Army's motivation level is. Um, you ask me personally, I don't know. And I, Army is 10-point favorites at the moment. Um, North, North Texas and Army both are mediocre football teams. I don't know that I would even give them average. But uh, the key to this game is determining what Army team you're going to get. Army just beat Navy for the first time, and I don't remember what it was, like 10 or 14, 15 years. I think yeah, something like that, over 10 years. But you, 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 That is their Super Bowl. Uh, some would tell you inside Army that that is more important than a bowl game unless it was a national title game. Uh, so I, I don't know how you get this Army team motivated to, for this bowl game. I mean, other than saying, hey, it's a bowl game type thing. Uh, but they, they just won their most important game of the year. Uh, this is another one. Does Army get off the, off the bus? Uh, the other thing with this is you have North Texas that is at home. Well, they're not at home, but they're in Texas. I believe the last time that North Texas played a bowl game in Texas they were 13-point underdogs, and they came back and they won, straight up. So uh, that is all I have on this one, but this is one that uh, don't sleep on the dog in this one. The dog might do some barking at inopportune times here. 
North Texas, another five and seven team that has uh, made a bowl this year, uh, received the invitation thanks to the program's academic progress rate scores, uh, according to my notes here. Army making their sixth all-time bowl appearance first since 2010. North Texas playing in its ninth all-time bowl game, and is the first uh, and is the first team to play twice in the Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl, defeating UNLV at the conclusion of the 2013 season. This bowl game, which began in 2011, was first known as the Ticket City Bowl. Army leads the all-time series uh, four to one. Four to one, huh? Pretty good stat there. Well, yeah, I, I'm I'm full of them today. About time you're full of something in college football. <laughs> I am full of something in college football, but these things might be a little more meaningful than what I'm full of. A lot, of, a lot better to talk to you about college football before the games happen. <laughs> uh, next game, uh, for the record, I don't know if I, I said this earlier, but uh, I, I think I'm dubbing Tuesday the 27th as Dog Day. I think a lot of dogs are going to be extremely live on this day, and uh, it's going to be a noisy day with the dogs being left out all day. So uh, ne- next game we have, uh, we have Temple and Wake Forest. Um, this is a military bowl presented by Nor- Northrop Gunman. In, uh, and this is in the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis. Um, Wake Forest is a sneaky team this year. They're, they're very um, under the radar and give teams a lot of trouble. They gave Louisville a lot of trouble for a while. Um, and on the, on the counter here, um, Texas or Temp, Temple, not Texas, Temple just pulled up a huge upset their last game, beating Navy to win the conference championship game. Uh, Temple's currently favored by 12 and a half, I believe, with a total of 41. Uh, this is going to be a defensive game, of course, based on that total. But uh, Wake Forest, I think, has the better defense here, and I think they'll be able to shut down Temple's passing game, which uh, is going to force Temple to run the ball and might create some problems for them. So this is another one that if you're looking uh, and you can grab those points, grab them and put them in your pocket because they'll be good. Yeah, you said Temple coming off the uh, the victory over Navy, earning their first conference title since 1967. Wake Forest comes into this one six and four all time uh, in in bowl games. Temple ranks number three in the country in total defense. And in terms of this game itself, this is the third time in five years the Military Bowl uh, has featured a nationally ranked team. Huh, interesting. Uh, this next one is Minnesota facing Washington State in the National Funding Holiday Bowl. So they're funding a national holiday with this bowl, I guess. Uh, and that's in Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego. Uh, the key to this game is figuring out the mindset of Minnesota. Uh, I don't know if we touched on it before, but everything going on there, um, you got to find out what the mindset of this team is. Are they going to play in the bowl just because they have to? And they could uh, they could care less if they got beat by 50. Or are they going to the bowl and they're going to play their hardest and do everything they can for those uh, those couple guys that aren't able to make the trip? Uh, so I don't care any stats or anything in this game. You figure out what Minnesota's mindset is and you know which side to be on. Uh, so that's, that's the key to this game in my eyes. Uh, Washington State's last game, obviously, was uh, the Apple Cup where they lost to Washington. So uh, that's all I have in this one. But I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Washington or Minnesota comes out in this one. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a weird situation, and um, I, I I don't recall um, if we if we got into it. it. It's just, I think you hit the nail right on the head. If, if Minnesota comes out deciding to play for those guys, 
Um, then, then I think they're going to come out on top if they just decide, you know what, um, they're forcing us to play more or less. Uh, we don't really care about it. Then, then they're uh, to take a to take your phrase. They're not going to get off the bus. Um, the the only uh, the only stats I have here. Um, the if the Cougars win, they would cap their second nine win season in a row. Uh, it's their first Holiday Bowl appearance since winning the 2003 edition over number five Texas in upset fashion in a game that featured future NFL players Cedric Benson, Vince Young, and Roy Williams. Um, Minnesota closed their season winning five of seven games with both losses coming to ranked teams number 19, Nebraska, and number six, Wisconsin. Both teams come in at nine and four. The uh, the last game then on Tuesday, December 27th, uh, Boise State at 10 and two. Uh, plays Baylor at six and six in the Motel Six Cactus Bowl, and that's in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Um, th- this one is very, very odd. In the line is only seven and a half. Uh, given a ten and two team at a Baylor team that uh, limped across the finish line, I would have expected this one to be a lot higher, personally. So this is one that I'm going to look to. Uh, I, I don't. I just don't see how Boise State loses, but this line is off. So this is one I have to do some digging on. Uh, this is another one. Uh, I, I think the key, as we've mentioned multiple times, in figuring out bowl games, it's figuring out which team is going to get off the bus. Uh, does Baylor care? Um, they had a a lackluster season, to say the least. And is this a game that they just say, "Oh, we'll go stand out there for our sixty minutes, and then we're done," or is this a game that they actually care? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, we we've talked at times throughout this year about everything that's gone on at, at Baylor. And, and I think I saw today uh, that they were fined $5,000. So uh, yeah, really, really way to show them uh, with, uh, with laying down the law there, a $5,000 fine uh, to Baylor. Uh, looking at this one, Boise State's two losses this season came by a uh, combined total of nine points. Um, Boise State has won six of its last seven bowl games. Uh, the first Cactus Bowl appearance trip for both, or excuse me, for Boise State, the second for Baylor. Um, Baylor won their first six games, but then lost its last six. So, you know, they're a team that obviously has talent, but with everything that has gone on, and I know we talked about it in the preseason especially, um, you know, you, you had to wonder how, you know, how they were going to react throughout the year, and it you know, it started off fine. It got ugly late. Uh, I, I personally, I, I don't, I don't even remember, uh, you know, who I picked in this one. But you know, the more we kind of dig into it a little bit, um, we, uh, you know, it, it's hard to think that that the that Baylor really shows up for this one. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I tend to get the same thing. This is one I have to uh, look into a little bit further. Um, last day we're going to preview today, Jimmy. Uh, we have Wednesday, December 28th. Uh, we will be doing the podcast next Wednesday between Christmas and New Year's, uh, hopefully the same time, but we'll keep you all updated on that given the, uh, the, uh, the proximity between Christmas and New Year's here. We might have changed it up a little bit. Um, the, the New Era Pinstripe Bowl uh, features number 23 Pittsburgh and Northwestern. Um, this is at Yankee Stadium in New York. Uh, Pittsburgh currently a small favorite of about five points uh, with 55, 65 is your total. Uh, this one, this game is going to come down to, to me, can Northwestern control Pittsburgh's run game? Uh, if, if you think the answer is yes, Northwestern is the play. If you think the answer is no, 
uh, Pittsburgh is the play. Uh, so that'll be the, the key to this game and how that, uh, how that shakes out. So uh, this should be a, uh, a, a contrasting styles type of game, but uh, we will see how it plays out. Yeah, this one, I actually don't have any great stats or, or any any cool little quips for this one. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I look at this Pitt team uh, versus this Northwestern team and uh, the, the struggles of one versus the successes of the other. Um, you know, Pitt, obviously, with their with their win over Clemson, um, you know, they had a close win over Penn State. The story with uh, yeah, um, with 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 Connor, the running back, it's been it's been quite a um, you know a wild ride for for the for the Pittsburgh Panthers team, and uh, you know, cap off cap off the year with a fun for, with a fun game. Definitely. Uh, next game up, then we have number sixteen West Virginia playing Miami in the Russell Russell Athletic Bowl in Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Um, you have you have number sixteen West, West Virginia, who's coming out of the uh, the Big Twelve, uh, ten and two mark. Uh, this is an interesting team because they haven't played a whole lot of teams this year. Uh, the Big Twelve is understandably weak, as we've mentioned multiple times throughout the year. And does that mean that this team is overinflated or overranked versus the Miami team that has played the Florida States and et cetera in that conference? Uh, it is. This is one of those you really have to determine, does the record really warrant the, uh, the, the pick in this? And, I mean, you, you look at it and you say number, number 16, West Virginia, is pretty obvious over Miami. Miami is not ranked. But uh, uh, Dave Koshingen says not so fast, potentially. This is one of those you need to dig into and see which, uh, which team is actually uh, better and has actually played the teams. Yeah, it, I mean, you know, my, Miami's a team that, that you know, always super talent, always super athletic. Um, you know these these teams some tend to you know ca- you know kind of carry their weight at times uh, throughout the season. Uh, this year, a little bit more up and down. West Virginia, uh, I think, probably surprised some people uh, sitting at ten and two and and where they are. Um, you know, still kind of trying to. I think that that schools that trying to find their identity since. Uh, since the change from you know obviously the now defunct Big East to to being in the Big Twelve, um, in a in a national poll, this one on NCAA.com, um, the uh, fan voting fifty two percent pick West Virginia in this one. I think this is going to be a pretty even split game. I'd be pretty shocked in the podcast podcast pick them if we have uh, more than more than ten people on either side. I think this will be one of the closer uh, picked games. Uh, 8.30 on Wednesday night. Uh, we'll have this one on during the uh, the podcast next week. We have uh, Indiana and Utah in the Foster Farms Bowl um, Levi Stadium. Uh, this is a Indiana team that got close. They should have beaten a couple of the uh, top-tier Big Ten teams, uh, Penn State included, but they couldn't pull off the the uh, the deal. So this is an Indiana team that has a lot of potential and a uh, Utah team that got some, I don't want to say uh, – luck box wins but they got some wins that uh they probably could have uh not had so this is a game that uh the records don't always indicate uh the the best and the most truthful story in the bowls so uh something you got to look into you got to look at what the strengths of each team are and uh go from there on this one i i mean indiana has has definitely impressed people this year has definitely at times um, you know, looked, you know, outkicked their coverage, if you will, look better than they, than they really are. I, I think Utah, uh, if you look over the resume, I, I think is the better team. 
Um, the the fan voting uh, has has them at sixty three percent in terms of fan voting on on winning. Um, I I do think they're the better team, but you know, you, you you can't you can't sleep on Indiana. I think they're a team that um, you know is 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 definitely better. You know, they're one of those schools um, that everybody is like you know that they're they're a basketball school. They're not a football school, but they are starting to put a, a pretty decent program together. Um, and, and definitely one to watch. Yeah, it's definitely uh, – Indiana's got potential, but you just have no clue what they're going to do and if they can play the whole game. I mean, they they should have been up two touchdowns against Penn State in the third quarter, and they were down 10 points and got blown out. But, hey, that's, uh, that's Indiana football for you, I guess. Last game today, then, uh, that we're going to preview, uh, and, again, these are real high-level previews, so uh, make sure you look at everything uh, – uh, we have one other thing we're going to talk about in college football then after this game, but uh, after that, uh, we'll go over to the NFL, I guess. Uh, Jim, don't forget to give out the number here after your preview. Uh, but the, the last game we're going to discuss is the AdvoCare V100 Texas Bowl, and that's at Energy Stadium in Houston, Texas. Uh, features Texas A&M versus Kansas State. Um, Texas A&M's two-and-a-half-point favorites at the moment, 57 total. Um the, the thing about this Kansas State team is they are very impressive this year on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but, again, this is versus Big 12 teams and not the, the quote-unquote big boys of football in the SEC. So this is an interesting one that's going to be an, a Big 12 uh, SEC matchup. Uh, my gut says that Kansas State's going to be able to play with them, but I need to do more digging on what the, the, the strengths are of the Texas A&M offense and what the strengths are of the Kansas State defense So I really uh, get an opinion on this one. But this should be a really good game. Uh, next Wednesday night. So uh, that's, yeah. that's what I got on the college football previews, and uh, we'll send it over to you, Jim. And then uh, we got one more one more item for college football after this. Uh, if you want to throw the number out there too, yeah, that number to call in is four zero one three four seven zero six one three. Use pin two nine three one two, or uh, if you go to our Facebook page, facebook dot com slash huddle up podcast, the number uh, is also listed there in the uh, in the post. But again, four zero one. Three four seven zero six one three, and then enter pin two nine three one two. For this one, you know it. It, it yeah, it's it's. I, I'm actually surprised that Texas A and M fell to eight and four. I thought they were going to have a better year than they did. Um, that that's a team that's kind of you know still trying to f- you know ch- check the water post Johnny Manziel. Um, you know they were kind of thrust onto the scene and and. Um, I, I don't know that they've they've really kind of got their bearings since then. Kansas State is a team that's always going to hang in there, um, you know, as as long as they they still have uh, uh, and his his name slipping my head the, uh, their their coach. But um, as long as he's Snyder, yes, Coach Snyder. As long as he's there, man, they're they're going to be competitive. They're going to be in these conversations. Um, they're probably not going to be in the title conversation, but they're they're going to be flirting with eight or nine wins almost every year. That just seems to be the case, uh, especially recently. Um, the national uh, the the national rank here, the or the uh, the voting uh, has Texas A and M fifty eight percent. That's kind of where I'd probably lean, uh, but uh, you know it, it's it's going to be a good one. We're we're probably not we're going to be able to see the end of it by the time we get off air uh, next week, but. Uh, you know, definitely, definitely going to be a good one a week from today. Yeah, definitely. Uh, which one out of these games are your uh, your favorite bowls to your favorite bowl coming up here that we watched or that we're going that we previewed to watch here, Jim? I mean, if you ask me, I think uh, obviously this 
Kansas State Texas A&M game is going to be good. Uh, Pittsburgh Washington Pittsburgh Northwestern is one that sticks out. Uh, Army North Texas strangely for me, and then uh, this Louisiana Tech Navy game. Uh, for me, it definitely uh, pit Northwestern just because to have a, any chance that I can see Connor play, um, you know he's he's a, he's a special kid, um, and and I like the setting. That's the thing too with these is, is you have to look at where these games are being played. Uh, I love I love football games in baseball stadiums. I don't know what it is, um, you know, even though it's not the original Yankee Stadium, you know, they, they they've recreated it enough uh, to where this is just a cool looking game. Um, is the pinstripe bowl, um, you know, um, I, I'd probably go with, uh, Miami, Ohio and Mississippi state, uh, j- just because, uh, you know, I being, being a cowboy fan and, and, and Dak Prescott, you know, I, I, it, it just kind of, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to pick reasons to watch games, um, especially with some of these, you, you have to dig down deep. So, uh, him coming from Mississippi State, I like that one. And uh, Boston College, Maryland, just because of how close those two th- those teams uh, were in their games this year. So, um, you know, I, I think it, you know it, it. It's two programs that you know ha- had an identity, lost the identity, and and are working their way to finding it again. Yeah, definitely good points on that. Uh, so you like you like uh, you like football games and baseball stadiums that's that's not something you hear all the time no no it's certainly not but uh dave we're coming up on the end of the uh the first hour here i think you said you had one more uh you had one more uh college football topic yeah i got one more topic i I somehow hit the mute button there and it cut me off but uh uh since you like football teams and baseball stadiums you like football teams on golf courses in december and january what's that you like your your football team on a golf course September Jan- or December January? Uh, well, I mean, if you've uh, if you've seen any pictures from Notre Dame or or check the weather there, nobody's on a golf course in South Bend right now. It's uh, no, I think I think break, today's bro. high was Winter was eight, de- eight degrees. I think was the uh, was the temperature at South Bend. Yeah. So uh, last topic, uh, and I'll, I will be done with Notre Dame. I think for today. So you're you're, you're off the hook. You survived. Um, my, my last topic is this whole Joe Mixon thing going on at Oklahoma State. What are your thoughts, opinions? Um, was the punishment handed down severe enough? Uh, what, what, just kind of what are your thoughts, et cetera, et cetera, on this? Oh, I mean, the, this thing is – it's extremely complicated, but in the same time, it's very simple. Um. It's not okay. That's a relevant answer. Right? It's not okay for a man to hit a woman. It's not. Um it's also not okay to uh use racial slurs, to spit on people, and to you know, use physical violence in any situation, in my opinion. So both of these individuals are in the wrong. Um he he has to walk away. I mean, the, the, I know it's easier said than done, but in that situation, you 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 have to walk away. You you just have to get out of there. Um, should this situation ruin his entire life? Should it? Should he never be able to play football again, etc.? I, I don't think so. 
I I don't think that that he should you know he should not be able to play football ever again. Uh, I am a person that believes, uh, and it's based on on situations with people that I know personally, uh, friends and 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 family. Um, you 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 deserve at least you deserve a second chance, and you know people people. I, I know there's people that either forgot or don't realize this this video this situation is is like two years old um so I, i'm I'm sure he's you know been been under scrutiny um and and you know people uh want to uh you know are, are, are probably watching him um do I think that there's probably gonna be you know teams that uh they are going to, you know, be extra cautious, maybe not take as high of a risk on him, possibly. But uh, I, I don't think it should der- derail him. I don't think it should, uh, you know, ruin his life, and I don't think it will. Um, but physical violence is never an answer. Uh, you know, racial slurs, you know, just in, in words intentionally cutting people down, you know, in, in, in that, that harmful of a manner is never okay. Um, but it's not okay for a man to hit a woman, period. It just isn't. Dave, to you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I I agree with most uh, most everything you said there. Um, the one part that um, I think irks me about this more than anything, and I, I'm guilty of not uh, not checking the sources on this, but uh, if it's true, it, uh, it it really irks me about the whole thing. But uh, supposedly, this girl that he uh, he clocked, this video was released on the day that she graduated. So I mean, I think that's a little uh, a little low to say the least. Yeah. Um, whether it's true or not, the whole other story. But that's uh, I, I've seen that a couple different places. I don't know if it's just an internet rumor that went around, but uh, that's a little low to release it on her graduation day. Um, I, I do applaud Bob Stutz in taking the quick action and suspending him for last season. Um, I think they did a a good thing with that. But I'm also um, a little I don't I don't know what the correct term is on this. That I'm a little irritated that they still kept the, the scholarship and everything. I think, uh, I, I, I don't have an issue with you, uh, with you playing elsewhere, but I'm a little surprised that that's not uh, worthy of you being kicked out of school or something else compared to some of these other things that kids get kicked out of school on. Um, again, maybe the video didn't circulate as much as it's being made out to by the media. I don't know enough around it to really have a true opinion, but, uh, some of these other things that kids are getting kicked out of school for, I mean, this is, this seems pretty clear cut to me on some levels. Well, so, this this uh, is uh, that's not really nice. anything new in in um in in, in Bob Stoops o- o- Oklahoma though. I mean, he's he's given guys who have been um, you know, busted for for, you know, theft and and I think uh illegal gun possession things like that. Guys have been arrested and and he's he's given them scholarships. He's, you know, they're guys that uh I think there was one guy a couple of years back at all I think it was an offensive lineman that um had uh had had like assaulted two of his two of his roommates or two of his frat brothers or something like that when he was he was that drunk he you know, he like he blacked out and just so you know it's it's nothing new for Bob Stoops I know that, that that's one of the the biggest thing the guys a hell of a coach but there's a lot of people who um you know kind of question his uh morals or integrity whatever word you want to use yeah, definitely. I can't. I can't disagree with any of that. But uh, 
interesting to see what uh, what fallout happens from this, especially at, like the NHL or the NFL level or uh, any of that thing as well. So uh, that's all I have on college football. Uh, again, we're taking this on Wednesday night, so anything we've said uh, definitely has a possibility to change. But uh, enjoy the 14 or so bowl games in the next week. I sure will. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a quick break here, and then on the other side, we're going to uh, talk some NFL. So uh, stick with us here. The Huddle Up Podcast on NGSCSports.com. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. We're back. Huddle Up Podcast here on NGSCSports.com, where we never stop. Make sure you call in where the phone line is open, 401-347-0613. Use pin 29312 when prompted. Again, that's 401-347-0613. Use pin 29312. Again, we are here each and every week live uh, on NGSCSports.com from uh, 930 to about 1130. And uh, check out the homepage for all the content, everything that's on there, uh, where we are NGSC Sports, where we never stop. We also stream daily on LeibSports.com. That is L-E-E-I-B Sports.com. We, we thank you to the team over there for uh, for having a part uh, us a part of what they're doing. We follow us along everything we do. We try and log and keep things up to date and have fun on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash huddle up podcast you can follow me at big jim sports dave before we get into the nfl talk give them your twitter handle so they know where to keep up with you certainly we're uh, we're on twitter at uh, d gerhart 024 all right so uh dave plenty uh plenty to get into with the nfl we're going to look back at some things uh from last week and and some some topics of discussion um one of them, of course, probably the, the, the biggest one of the week is uh, is Ezekiel Elliott's uh, touchdown celebration where he leaped into the Salvation Army kettle and was uh, was not penalized, is not going to be fined from the NFL. Um, Odell Beckham crying about it. The Steelers crying about it. Um, and, I mean, and I, I think they, they, they do kind of have a case because uh, I think Steelers players were fined for what, like, handshaking each other maybe i don't know if the ball if there was a you know used in a prop there or something like that um the odell beckham said that if he did that he would get fined um the thing with odell is you you know he's kind of created that world in and of himself um but uh, i think the nfl had the smart play here in uh in not finding somebody for jumping in a salvation army kettle at christmas time um especially when uh, i think they're uh, it was like 36 hours after their their 
Uh, donations were up uh, like two hundred and ten thousand dollars higher compared to where they were uh, in that span of time um, a year ago or, or whatever. So uh, smart play by the NFL to not fine Ezekiel Elliott. Um, and and I, my my only hope is that this has kind of woken the NFL up. And and I and and I know it's probably very unlikely, but that you know, they they kind of ease up on the the fining and they have guys have let them have a little bit more fun um in the no fun league when it comes to touchdown celebrations well jim shocking uh i'm gonna 100 percent disagree with you i think ezekiel elliott should have been fine for this but well you are you well you you did start off the show by saying you were a grinch so well you didn't let me finish you rudely cutted me off i did Cut me off. I'm not an English major, so whatever the hell comes out, <laughs> comes out. I would have fined if I was Goodell or whoever the hell heck else does deals with the fines. I would have fined him the normal amount, but I would have in the press release announcing the fine said that the NFL will donate the entire amount to the Salvation Army. I know he came out and said he was making a donation to him, but I would have kept it up with the fine, and then I would have donated it to the Salvation Army. But I would have I would have fined him because then it would have gotten rid of all this this, that, and everything else, and A, A, it would have gotten rid of that, but B, it would have looked good for the NFL sending the money to the Salvation Army. But that's uh, that's what I would have done, but I don't really have a strong case one way or the other, but uh, the, the Grinch would have given back some at Christmas. Well, that, that was the interesting interesting thing, too, is, is before the NFL announced um, if they were going to find him or not, he said that uh, if he does get – because somebody said, you know, that by rule this would be a fine – uh, and he said that uh, if he got fined, he would uh, he would match it uh, and give it to the the Salvation Army. So, you know, it could have been you know it could have been interesting to see if uh, the NFL would have fined him just uh, so so it got the donation there. Um, I know Jerry Jones had a little bit of fun with it, but when doesn't that guy have fun in the media? I don't even think he knows uh, when he's talking to the media. Uh, just a couple more things, Dave. Last week you saw the Eagles. Uh, go for two late. They didn't get it. They lost, and a lot of people questioning uh, head coach Doug Peterson's decision to go for two. Um, to me, what are you question? What are people questioning, really, with, with Doug Peterson? Why are they even questioning the the, de- the decision that he made, considering the fact the Eagles are already eliminated from the postseason? Um, and and you know you get to overtime. You, you you have a coin flip and you know you may let's say you lose the coin flip and you uh you know you give up a touchdown on on the first drive you lose the game it was it was the same result than if you didn't make the two point conversion i i just think what did they have to lose what did it matter that they went for two uh i i i had no problem with it i lo- i liked the call actually because it it, it just for the season they have had, why the hell not? Yeah, Jim, I actually agree with you on this. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I, I was at the bar and had the pleasure of either watching this game or the Steelers game. Uh, so I kind of flipped back and forth on both of them. And uh, the, the thing I thought was interesting in this Eagles game is they were pretty well dominated by the Ravens for the majority of the game. Um, Wentz wasn't sharp, but that was doing some aspects of the pressure that was getting on him. But they were gifted either seven or um, ten points, and 
I mean, you have a chance to win the game. Two-point conversions this year, I think I saw somewhere about 45%. So you have a 45% chance of winning the game outright with no questions asked. Uh, you, you lose the opening kickoff, you're out of control. Uh, yeah. you, uh, granted, it's the vaunted Baltimore offense. But <laughs> uh, you're, you're out of control and you can try and win a game here. And who, who knows? Uh, uh, personally, I, I had the, the Eagles at plus six and a half in a spread pool that I'm in. And I had Baltimore straight up in the pick uh, I think maybe not in this one, but I had him in one at least. Uh, so it was a perfect ending for me because the six and a half was never in jeopardy. Right. But, yeah. uh, I, I don't have too big of an opinion <laughs> one way or the other on this one, uh, but I, I, I have no issue when coaches do yeah, I just, when it benefits I me. thought the overreaction was just a, a little much. I mean, obviously it doesn't affect me uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Ravens not in, in the Cowboys division. The Eagles eliminated, so it doesn't – doesn't affect me either way. Uh, we have a call, 610 area code. Let us know who you are, where you're calling from. Jim, it is your old pal, Anthony, calling into the program tonight. How you doing? Hey, man. How's it going? Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. It's uh, been a long time since we had a chance to talk. How's it going? Good. Uh, yeah, first off, Jim and Dave, Merry Christmas to you guys. And they uh be the first to wish you a happy new year uh, when it gets here. Um, you're a much nicer guy than Jim. I like you. <laughs> well, yeah, and I was going to say, Jim, you're being so mean to Dave tonight. You got to lighten up on him. All he did was bring up a good point and say NC State is, is pretty successful in the rain, <laughs> albeit it was against a, a lousy Notre Dame team. But, you know, take Well, you, you know, I, I, I take his shots for 11 months, and, uh, you know, I, I, I find the op- sometimes inopportune, sometimes opportune times to fire back. I, uh, I wanted to jump in here, and now that you're talking to the Eagles, I'll segue into At one point, that I think people are failing to bring up. I thought it was I, – I agree going for two. It was a poor play call. It looked like Wentz's only option, and I, was it uh, – who, who was I don't even know who was running over the middle there, but that, that route that they had running over the middle seemed like his only go-to option. Uh, and it was, it was a quick drop back and, and pass, and I just didn't agree with the play call. I agree with the call of going for two. Really, your season's over. Go for it. I have no problem with that. I thought it was a poorly designed play uh, that they that they ran and obviously executed or failed to execute uh, as well. Um, but going back to the or, um, Ezekiel Elliott and Odell Beckham thing, I know you say Odell's crying about it, but I do think he brings a fair point. And I have seen you in the past draw parallels to if Odell did this, blah, blah, blah. I, I mean, he's bringing a fair point, and I think it all comes down to the personality. And I think since Ezekiel Elliott has come into the NFL, he has been a model player, citizen. Um, so it's tough to find him, especially when you have all these people right away coming out front or out in front of him on social media and coming to his defense. Um, so I mean, he, he is. A, everyone has a point, I think, in this scenario. And that being said, the Flyers and Capitals are going to a shootout. Uh, I think we all know who's going to win this one, Jim. Um, but so I, I think you need to for once lighten up here. And I know you don't like Odell Beckham Jr. Although he's one of the best receivers in the NFL by far better than Des Bryant. Um, you gotta, you gotta lighten up on OBJ a little bit. No, he, he does. He does have a, a, a point. And, and, and I do agree with what he's saying. I do agree that if this was him, uh, he probably and would you're get recording this show, right? We, we are recording the show. <laughs> um, he, he, he does have a, a point and I, I agree with him that, if he did this, that the NFL would find him. I mean, it, and it, it's the it's just it's just based on um, 
You know, it's, it's, it's based on the, the reputation, the, the history and the antics and things like that. Um, the, and I, and I know that there was the Steelers guys that, that, that said it too. They even, um, you know, brought it up and, and it, it's been talked about on Dan Patrick. It's been talked about, um, on, on various other shows that I've listened to this week. And, um, you know, it, it, it's another instance, um, the, of the NFL kind of sticking their own foot in their mouth. Um, and, and, and that's, that's really the thing. And it comes down to inconsistency, um, be it on discipline, be it on officiating, you know, that count, let's count the number of ways, uh, we don't actually, we don't have the time as we're in the second hour of the show. Uh, we don't have the number, the, the, the number of minutes to count the ways that the NFL, um, is inconsistent. And, and that, that's the thing. Um, you know, and I think it was Dan Patrick either yesterday or today that said, I think you'll see, um, next year, the NFL kind of soften their stance a little bit, uh, on some of these celebrations. And that, that's kind of what I hope happens. I, you know, I've, I've always been a person that love, that loves celebrations. Um, and, and, and kind of the, the, the more outlandish, um, the, the better, I mean, you're, you're, you're playing a game for, for goodness sake. So, um, no, I mean, I, I obviously do have have my fun and uh take my shots at uh at at Odell Beckham but I'm you know I will I will call a spade a spade when I see it so uh Dave your your thoughts on this take a little more yeah I'm definitely on board I mean I I, I think I said it pretty well uh prior to Anthony calling in but I I, I would have fined him and I would have uh I would have made him uh or donated the same amount and, and I mean think about how much good the NFL could have done saying we're finding Zeke He's donating, and I'm picking a number, 25000 His whole amount, 25000 is being donated to Salvation Army, and we're going to match it. What will we be talking about now? Wow, the NFL did something great around the holidays. But instead, we're sitting here questioning the consistency um, of them. And, I mean, it, it's just a I, – I, I, I don't know that they have anyone in public relations or marketing or anything that just understands or maybe they understand and they just don't care. Um, but th- this is a – this is a simple one that they could have they could have made it right with no controversy and every and all thirty two teams would have been saying well done NFL and uh, they're not right and here we are questioning their double standard that they obviously continue to show and have and that Dave I thought you made a, a great point say fine Ezekiel Elliott but come on I mean I, I absolutely agree with verbatim everything you said um, and Jim I think you bring a, another point just on the celebration thing. Well, what I like about the NFL having celebrations is you have guys like Larry Fitzgerald who will hand a ball to the referee, which I love too. But then you have a guy like OBJ who will celebrate, and I think that creates characters. And you need characters in sports for it to sell. So, I, I mean, I have no problem with a guy who's going to go hand the ball off, go back to the sideline. A guy who's going to celebrate, if everyone celebrated, it gets old. If everyone does nothing, that gets old too. You want to see some flair. So everyone having their own little unique persona, to me, is what will draw me to the game just a little bit more. Um, another point I want, and I know you're going to get to it, will be the Cowboys. Uh, and, and talk briefly on the celebration, but getting into the X's and O's of them a little bit more. I know you and I have some had some banter and back and forth on the Twitter about is there cause for concern. You seemed a little bit more worried now uh, that they had a tight game against Tampa, which I think what was good for them is they needed to be tested. We haven't really seen Dallas be tested a whole lot against a top-tier team, but that's what concerns me is the fact that 
can we see Dallas against a top-tier defense, against the Giants defense, against the Seahawks defense, come from behind when need be? And those are the type of defenses that can put their run game in check a little bit more and play tight games with it. I'm not sure the Cowboys can, and that's where I'm concerned too. How do you have a guy like Dak Prescott who hasn't had to throw in a big spot yet, Des Bryant in the big spot who hasn't been able to make the catches, and the Flyers just won in a shootout. Thank you for that. And three points, Jim. Uh, but we'll continue with the Cowboys. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, uh, you know, and, and, that's, and that's where my concern is. And there's no team really in the NFL outside of maybe the Patriots that I feel comfortable with. And that's why, from an outsider perspective, I would say there is concern. Uh, I'd be concerned about any single team or uh, 30, 31 of the teams. And, you know, even New England to a degree just because they have some health issues. But time and time again, they prevail. But back to the Cowboys, is what, what are your thoughts? I would be concerned, and I want to see how much your concern is heightened, if at all. Um, I mean, I, I think the concern for me is, is probably more some of the, the play-calling decisions um, that that we've seen this, this past Sunday, a uh, week prior. Um, I mean, you have a third and two, and you're running a reverse. Um, you, you know, you, you, you weren't have, a fan of that. Wow. <laughs> I know. Big surprise, right? Uh, you have, you know, you have this, what a, what a boneheaded play call. I, I mean, it's, it, I, and yeah. I think everyone has said that, but gee, it's, it, it was two, yeah. painful you know to watch the middle behind the line. You have Ezekiel Elliott, you know, one of the, one of the better running backs, um, you know, I'm not going to say the best running back in the league. It's his first year. Um, I, I think there needs to be a little more sample size, but he's, he's the, one of the best performing running backs this season. Uh, you have what is what is arguably the best offensive line, the biggest, the best. I mean, when you're you're making comparisons to that offensive line of the '90s, um, you know there's there's a there's a reason you've done this. So run the you know to to, to take a, a line from Shea and Irving, run the damn ball. Uh, it just it, it's it, it's so simple. And, and and I think you know it just they I don't know they overthink themselves or something. So the play calling is concerning. Um, I, I've liked the fact that um, in in the times they have been tested uh, against some of the the better defenses in the league, um, you know, over the last month or so, you know, they, they they've had the Minnesota game, they've had this game, they've had the the Ravens game where, um, you know, and then you know they obviously they lost to the Giants. Um, you know they they've lost. What two games by by a total of about five points? So uh, you you can you can learn in the in those games in those moments. Um, you know I'm concerned about the play calling. They found ways to win most of them. Uh, so so that that's that's a little a uh, little more comforting. Uh, I I actually want the you know I'm I'm probably in the minority when it comes to Cowboys fans. I actually want the Cowboys or excuse me the Giants to win tomorrow night because I want. I want the Cowboys to have to play a meaningful game on Sunday. If the Giants lose, the Cowboys have everything clinched up, and then you're starting to play the how long do we play the starters, how much how much does this game really mean sort of stuff going into Sunday night, or excuse me, into Monday night. So I want the Cowboys to, to actually have to play and win to uh, to kind of clinch everything up this week before going into uh, into Philly next Sunday. Um, so I am rooting for the Giants tomorrow night to, to, to beat the Eagles, um, for that reason, because I, I want as much competitive football as the Cowboys can, can play, uh, before they get, uh, what will most likely knock on wood, um, a, a first round bye. 
I'm going to jump in on this one here. Go ahead. Quick, because, Anthony, I 100% agree with you. Um, Jim is drinking too much blue Kool-Aid right now. Um, I have said it a couple weeks here. Um, I I don't – this Cowboys team is good. I don't think there's any argument about that. Um, But I don't think they are super battle-tested, and I haven't seen Dak Prescott perform over and over or repeatedly in high-pressure situations. And again, the, the counter argument to that is, well, the team's that good, he doesn't have to type thing. Um, I think you get the right team against them in the playoffs, and they could give them a fit of trouble. You need someone that has a, the ability to um, slow down Zeke, and you need someone that has the ability to take Dez out of the game and a, a, a single coverage, a shutdown corner. Um, whether that happens or not, um, I don't know. Uh, the, the other thing I agree with, I, I think all the playoff teams are going to have flaws in some sense, and it's going to be a sheer matchup versus matchup on who moves on. It's not going to be the best team getting through, but it's who has the best path based on their matchups. Um, Jim, the other thing I want to throw out, and Anthony, feel free to chime in on this. I was actually having a debate at work today. Uh, if the Cowboys had the exact team, but Tony Romo was the starting quarterback, a healthy Tony Romo, is this the best team in the league if in recent memory? And my answer to that was yes. So I'll set the stage with that, but I'll let whoever wants to go on that one first go. Um, I, me, yeah, go, I want to take this here, Jim. Yeah, go ahead. Is be, and I don't know if you're going to go the same way as I will, but I, I feel like we have kind of seen that Cowboys team. But what I think what is a better defense, and I believe it was their, what, 13-3 and three season two, two, three years ago? I thought that was a better Cowboys team, but – Tony Romo also plays into the hand of the ineptitude of could be Jason Garrett is throwing the football and, and you get a little too trigger happy there. And that's where I think they're in the same type of position. They fail to run the football and will throw it in unnecessary spots and put them in bad situations. And that's what has made, in my opinion, Tony Romo look so bad in the fourth quarter in his career is because he was set up for failure at that point when he played three perfect quarters, the more and more you throw the football, the better the odds are that an interception will come at some point in time. And we've seen it. So I don't know. I mean, I thought the Cowboys team two, two, three years ago was better, but that's with a healthy Tony Romo and that's with poor coaching. And every time I have seen a healthy Tony Romo, it is led or it has been uh, kind of accompanied with, with poor coaching decisions. And I, there's nothing that tells me we wouldn't get the same this season as well. That's a very, very good point. Yeah, um, I'm glad. Actually, I mean, I'm glad you took that one, Anthony, because I had to try and remember what a healthy Tony Romo looked like. Um, but the, you know, the the, the Cowboys have, have run the ball an average of 32 times per game this year, um, which leads the league. They've, you know, they've relied more on the running game than they have in a long time for obvious and and, and smart reasons. Um, their their passing attempts per game is is down at um 30.9 where you know if you go back a couple of years ago to uh you know when when you had a healthier Romo uh that you know that number was was probably up a little bit I I I don't have that number in front of me the I I don't know if if the Cowboys would play the games as they're being played this year if you have a healthy Tony Romo I think you go back to the way things have always been um, and, and have him kind of sling the ball around and make plays and do the things that Tony Romo does. So, And, and that also 
causes, you know, the 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 problem of the defense being on the field, I think way too much. Uh which is which is another reason. I mean the, the Cowboys run defense right now is tops in the league, statistically. Um and, and I'm not sure what their passing their passing defense is. Not I'm sure not as high. But I think the 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 credit to that has been the fact they haven't been on the field nearly as much as they've been in recent years. They're 13th in the league in total defense. They're tops in uh, in in rushing defense. So defensively, they're playing better because of uh, of the passing game not being on their pass. You know, their secondary obviously still a problem. 28th in the league in passing defense, but I, I don't. Would they have the potential to be one of the best teams in recent memory, Dave? Yes, but do do I think that they would automatically be that much better if there was a healthy Tony Romo on the field? Uh, I do not because I, I think the Cowboys call a much different game offensively uh, if, if you have a healthy Romo versus what you have with Dak Prescott right now. Very, very good answers. I, the only thing I – and I can't get my head around and I think it would be phenomenal to see – is how Romo would perform with this good of an offensive line. Oh yeah, his his best years were definitely spent, um, and then probably part of the reason why he has gotten hurt so many times in recent years is because his best years were spent just getting the crap kicked out of him uh, because of that putrid uh, offensive line. Uh, Anthony, uh, uh, anything else before we're going to have to let you go? We have another call waiting on the line, and we still have to get to our picks. Yeah, one final thing here is: um, Do you guys have a show next week, or is this your last one of 2017? I, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna get one. Uh, uh, get one on next week. Okay. Um, well, one question I want to kind of throw for you is: Actually, you may have already thought of this. What is your favorite sports moment of 2016? I've seen it thrown around a lot. Saw some videos. Um, one that one that came to me was the Ryder Cup battle. I mean, the entire Ryder Cup itself, but then that Sunday with Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy was absolutely phenomenal. Um, so I just want to kind of throw that question out there. If it's one you get to at the end of today or tonight's show or touch on it next week, uh, I think it's one um, that can bring back some nice memories. Uh, but for me, that's it. I want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Uh, fins up. Happy New Year. And I'm excited for uh, Miami Dolphins Super Bowl run. All right, man. Uh, you, you take care. You have a great holiday, I'm sure. Uh uh, if we don't get to that this week, I'll, I'll put it on the list for next week, and we'll we'll make sure we uh, we do touch on that. Uh, so have a good uh, have a good Christmas holiday, Anthony. Awesome. Thanks again, you, Anthony. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Dave. All right. So thanks, to Anthony, calling in there. We appreciate that, and uh, we're gonna go roll right into our next caller. Uh, we we will leave the phone line open. Um, you know, for for a little bit here, we still want to get to our uh, NFL pickums. But we have a uh, 717 caller. Let us know who you are, where you're calling from. Uh, hi, this is Austin. I'm calling from Elizabethtown. Um, first time calling in, but listening to you guys for a while. Um, All right. Well, welcome into the show. Thank you for calling in. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, first, I want to give you a shout-out for having as much faith in my Jaguars as I did this year. <laughs> Finally, somebody at least gave me a little bit of credit uh, for, for having faith, although it was uh, – it was unfounded faith, but faith nonetheless. Yeah, de- definitely a letdown this year. Um, it's been a rough, rough couple years in my household. My dad's a Raiders fan, which is my next, which is what I'm bringing up here. Um, could you potentially see a rematch of the Patriots and Raiders in the AFC Championship? 
Uh, I absolutely, I, I think so. I think obviously that would depend on, um, you know, where, where the teams, uh, end up in the, in the seating, but, uh, you know, I, you know, the, the those two teams are, are very good. Obviously they, they, they are, um, you know, playing extremely well, uh, with the Patriots, you know, clinching, uh, they, they even clinched, uh, they clinched the division so far, so they're still seating. Uh, to play out in the conference as it sits right now, uh, you know they're sitting at one and two. So if everything holds through uh, the way it's sitting right now, they wouldn't meet until the uh, until the conference championship. And I I think the only team, in my opinion, right now that that throws a monkey wrench into that uh, is the Kansas City Chiefs. But you know you're talking about Alex Smith and Andy Reid uh, in the postseason. So can can they get can they upset one of these teams? Um, who you know, whoever they would face, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't see Miami as a threat. Sorry, Anthony. Uh, I don't see Houston as a threat. I don't see Pittsburgh um, as that much of a threat. I think Kansas City is the monkey wrench that would uh, cause problems with with the disrupting a New England Oakland AFC Championship. Dave. I definitely think it's a possibility. I mean, I think it's this year it's all going to depend on who the, who the path is. Um, kind of starting the whole thing with Oakland here. Uh, you, you have to go back to, I believe, the first game of the year where El Rio went for two on the first game. Is that correct, Austin? I think he, uh, he went for two to win the game against New Orleans, if memory serves. That is correct. But uh, that, that, that kind of set the tone for the whole season there where it's a uh, – uh, they, they have won – this is an Oakland team that I, I don't know if they are as good as their record is or if they are way overachieving, um, they, they have won a lot of close games. Uh, there, there are a number of teams in the NFL, the Cowboys included, who uh, I, I tend to think that their records are a little bit better than what they are. Uh, and I'm not saying that the Cowboys should be a 500 team, but I don't know that they should be whatever the heck they are, 10 games over 500 or something along those lines. Uh, so I, I really don't know. I think there's a lot of NFL teams that are uh, – are, are going to be very competitive in the playoffs this year. Um, I actually happen to like this Pittsburgh Steelers team. Uh, the, the star power that they have on the offensive side of the ball, um, it's just potential that they can just give the ball and uh, pound it to Bell and uh, the, the Brown deep when needed. Uh, I, I don't know that you see a New England-Oakland, uh, I guess it would be AFC conference title game. Uh, the, the, the way the NFL is going this year or, yeah, New England, Oakland. Now, the way the NFL is going this year, who really knows what's going to happen in the playoffs? I think these playoffs are going to go uh, – I think these are going to be some uh, wild playoffs here. And uh, I, I don't know that I uh, – I, I don't know what New England's going to do. They are so banged up right now. Uh, I mean, they, they had trouble with the Jets. And then the week after they played the Jets, the Jets got blown out by a ton. Uh, so I, I, I feel more confident in Oakland, um, but – who knows? Uh, just just as wide open as the NFL is this year, it's just a very very interesting situation to say the least. How's that for a uh, politician answer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I know definitely a lot of Oakland fans are hoping to get a uh, you know rematch after Tom Brady's legacy was built off the Tuck Rule. So, yeah, and and I mean that, that it, it's something you know redemption uh, and and no matter when it happens can it can always be a pretty fun uh situation to get so i have a couple friends that are raiders fans and and i think they're chomping at the bit to 
to get a matchup with uh, with Brady in New England again. I, I think their hope would also be to um, to actually get that number one seed away from New England. Obviously, you'd have to get uh, one one more win than New England does over these last two games, so that may be a, a too too bit of an uphill climb. But uh, you know, it, it, it's it's going to be fun to watch because I think there is um, there is some pretty good uh, good matchups and good good games being set up here. So, uh, Austin, any more thoughts here uh, before we uh, before we let you go? Uh, no, that's it. Thank you. All right, man. Have a good holiday, and uh, we appreciate you listening. Thanks. Have a good one, guys. All right. So, thank you there for uh, for the call in. And did we still have the phone line open? Uh, people can call in if they if they want. the The, the number is four zero one three four seven zero six one three. Use pin two nine three one two. But Dave, um, we're we're going to get to the picks now because we we do have a just a little over twenty minutes left. Uh, looking over last week. Uh, I went. Whoa, 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 whoa! You put Cam on there. We're gonna talk about it for at least five minutes. You can all right, all right, all right, all right. I was gonna. So the Panthers winning, you just freaking exclude them. Come on, Jimmy. <laughs> all right. So yes, the 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 hit on Cam on Monday. Uh, you were there. Uh, I was so cool is cool that you got to uh, not only see your team but see your team win. Something I can't say that I got to do this year. Um. The the hit on Cam, and I've I've changed my stance on this hit because I've watched the I've watched the video of this hit more times than I can care to estimate a, a number. Because when I obviously when you initially see it, you're like, you know that that was that was really bad. I can't believe he didn't uh, he didn't get the penalty. Well, in today's NFL, I can believe he didn't get the penalty. Um, I don't think this one should have been called. I think the referees did make the right call on this one because the the motion to tackle was already occurring when Cam slid. That being said, I do I, I do it's hard for me to say the NFL has it out for Cam Newton, but it is it is clear and it is evident that over the course of this year, um he has not gotten anywhere close to to the calls that most other quarterbacks in this league get. And that is a problem. Again, back to Anthony's call, it's the inconsistency. Monday night was one of the few times they probably got it right with him and this whole you know, the slide and the hits and and all of that. But over the course of this year, this guy has taken so many dangerous hits that that should have been flagged and people should have been disciplined um and, and they weren't. Yeah, um, I, I kind of – this is one of those that I'm I'm on the fence on. Um, obviously, as a Panthers fan, I'd like to see him get as many flags as he can. Um, but it, I, I get where the refs have the tough issue of, okay, he's a quarterback. Okay, he's a running back now. So I get both of those. Um, he, yeah, he should get more flags than he does, in my opinion. Um, should the one Monday night have gotten called um, – I don't know. I mean, I can argue it either way. Uh, it, it was pretty I, – I go back to it, too. Is the, is the hit really needed? He was sliding down. You didn't have to pop him. You could have just – you know, the, he was clearly sliding, in my opinion. So you could have just – and I know you want to send the message and all that, but you could have just 
smacked him on the back or whatever type thing, and he's down. I mean, sliding you're down anyway, but you've you got to prove the point at the NFL, I know. Um, I, I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other, but uh, I, I would love to see a game be officiated that Brady or Rodgers or someone along those lines is in the way that it's officiated when Cam's the quarterback. Um, the, the thing that I think would be interesting, and I don't know anything offhand on this, but what do Russell Wilson's games look like? Because he's a when he was more mobile, did he get the flags or didn't he get the flags? Because I think that's about the, I don't want to say the best comparison, but a uh, a pretty decent potential comparison that you could use to see uh, what kind of impact versus Cam. Uh, but I, I, I definitely think that Cam doesn't get his fair share of uh, penalties. There were a couple missed early in the season that we talked about previously. Um, but it, it's it's I, I see where the officials have a hard time because if he takes off running and then his pop like that, well, he's still the quarterback, but is he a running back then? And where, where do you draw the line at? And this is where everything gets blown out of proportion to some extent too. But uh, I definitely do see where they're coming from on some aspects of it. So uh, I don't have too big of an issue with it, even as a Panthers fan. I'd obviously love them to protect Cam a little bit better, but I also understand the dilemma that they're in. Yeah, Mon- Monday's hit is is one that's going to be uh, disputed. Um, the ones earlier in the year, uh, I-, I don't think there's there's any defense for 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 the no the no calls and and things like that uh, because there were some really really bad ones um, th- earlier in the year. The thing I uh, the thing I'll say about this is is Cam Newton six five two forty five. He's a, he's a mobile quarterback, um, you know. Unless unless he commits to the slide early, you know, there's there's a lot of fast, big defenders that are going to work hard to bring him down. So if it if it is a late slide, I mean, the, these guys are coming in to make a tackle, uh, and I think that I think that's what happened on Monday. You know, it was it was coming in to make a tackle. You know, the slide. Started a little bit later, probably than it should have, and I get it. You're trying to get as as many yards as you can. Um, it was just, you know, these these plays go a mile a minute. So, um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely get that. And it's also, a, I mean, it, it, think of it the other way. If he was flagged, we'd be having the opposite discussion right now. And I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I this is one of those right. flagged that um, I I would be okay with it being flagged. Uh, if they didn't flag it, I would. I, I mean, I'm not upset that they that it wasn't flagged. Uh, I, I mean, I was at the Redskins game, uh, and the Redskins fans thought it was getting flagged. So, I mean, well, especially when you saw the flag come up, then I think the surprise too of, the, uh, of it was because he threw the ball at the defender, and then he ended up getting a penalty too. So, it inflamed a lot of Panthers fans. Uh, it, it, it surprised a lot of a, a lot of other people. I know the talk on Twitter, and at least in the initial term, because initially on tape at full speed, the, it looked really bad. When you started to break it down a little bit more, um, you know, you you, you you can see that there's at least a question there. Um, you, you may still say that you know it should have been flagged. There's some that say it shouldn't have been, but uh, you know, at full speed, when you saw him take it, take the hit as he was sliding. And then he got penalized for throwing the ball. That's what I think pissed off a lot of people. Uh, so uh, again, it, it's it's knee jerk reactions, and then backtracking in in some cases uh, after those. So, um, but it, where do you uh, where do you stand on uh, reviewing penalties? 
Now, I think you have to I, – I have no issue reviewing them, but I think it's the same process as an actual review. Um, but I think you have to limit what can be reviewed. I think it would add an interesting aspect to the game. Yeah. Uh, something like that if, if Ron Rivera decided to yeah. challenge it, uh, but it counts as one of his two challenges for the game, what do you do then? I mean, yeah, I think what, you, what does that do as yeah, far as you, you uh, just challenges? Need, and I mean, it's gonna the flow of the game is gonna suffer. But well, I mean, if it if it goes in with the the other two challenge, as long as it's tied in with the two challenges, um, I think you're okay. Yeah, you just have to make sure. I'm not I'm not necessarily opposed to it. You just have to make sure that it doesn't, um, you know, slow the game down because some of these games go way too long as it is, um, between you know challenges and penalties and clock stoppages and. TV timeouts and stuff like that. It just there, there's way too many things that drag these things out to begin with. So, um, you know, and, and and maybe in terms of the targeting thing, maybe they do the way the way college does. Although that that system's already broken um, when, when it comes to the review of, of of targeting in the in in the in the NCAA. So, um, not necessarily opposed to it. You just have to make sure that it 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 doesn't slow down the games even more. So let's uh, let's. Are, are you good? Are we? Yeah, we're good. I was going to say yeah. I can agree with that. Okay. Uh, so last week I went twelve and four for a uh, overall season record of one thirty seven and eighty seven. Dave, you went nine and seven for the second straight week. You are now one twenty six and ninety eight. So I'm holding a uh, a eleven point lead, eleven game lead uh, in the NFL with two regular season weeks to go. Um, and uh, let's get right into it now with with this week's slate of games, starting with tomorrow night, eight twenty five, Lincoln Financial Field on NBC, the NFL Network. I'm pretty sure this one's also streaming on Twitter. The New York Giants, a two and a half point favorite, coming in to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. I'm rooting for and taking the Giants uh, in this one. Divisional game, give me the Eagles, and that pains me to say, but. For some reason, they're gonna they're gonna throw a wrench in things. They always uh they always win the games that they shouldn't, and are in the games that they shouldn't. And uh, why stop now? Fair enough. Let's go to Saturday again. Most of the NFL slate is on Saturday, with Sunday being Christmas Day. Um, so most of your NFL games are gonna be found on Christmas Eve. This one, one o'clock on. CBS, the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills, and I'm like, and uh, here it is, Buffalo three and a half point favorite at home. Um, even even with Matt Moore at quarterback, I'm taking uh, the Dolphins. There's a lot of talk uh, around Buffalo this week that Rex Ryan is likely out, um, and so I just think there's going to be a lot of extra noise around the Bills this week, uh, and it's going to be a little too much. We're going to take uh, an early Christmas gift for the city of Buffalo, and they're going to beat the, the Finns and crush Anthony's hopes, even though I love him because he was on my side tonight. So uh, <laughs> Anthony is, isn't personal. This is trying to pick up games on Jim somehow. Should I basically just put um, put put against me uh, in, in all of these, or, or, or is there a chance we're going to match up on a couple? Uh, <laughs> well, to go 16-0, I'm going to have to agree with you on a couple. <laughs> Oh, the funny thing is, in uh, in my work pool, uh, not to get out too off topic, there was a there was a um, uh, a girl in our purchasing department who went uh, had fifteen out of sixteen correct last week. The only one she got wrong was she picked the Browns 
to beat the Bills. So she would have had a, a straight perfect week, uh, but uh, had to pick Cleveland. I'm like, the city of Cleveland doesn't pick Cleveland. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, the New York Jets at the New England Patriots. Wow. New England, a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, and I know you talked about the injuries and stuff. Uh, that that number does seem high. It really does seem high. Um, but uh, I have New England. I, I if I if I had to bet with the points or against, I I would I would not go. I would definitely take the under there. Yeah, yeah I'll take New England, and I would probably uh, I would probably take New England in this. There's one thing I've learned in the NFL with. Uh, with spreads and everything. If it seems too good to be true, catching all the points, it probably is. If it seems like you're laying too many, you probably aren't. So uh, I, I would take New England and take them with the point, with uh, with laying the 16 and a half. So uh, who knows, but uh, New England wins this. There's no way Brady loses to whatever the, the shitty organization is in New York. Yeah, no. Uh, Tennessee, the surprise Tennessee Titans, uh, going into Jacksonville. Oof. Jacksonville, uh, five point favorite for Tennessee on the road. This one, uh, on CBS, I have the, uh, the Tennessee Titans. I really want to pick the Jaguars just because they have to win a game at some point by the time the season's over and not end on a massive losing streak, but (laughs) maybe they will. Uh, but no, uh, we got to go with Tennessee here. I believe I picked them in a wild card position at the beginning of the year. So I think I get, uh, some credit for that as well, if it uh, comes to fruition. Yes, yeah, you you did pick them to uh, to to get a wild card spot. Yes, you had it, them it's as kind the... of funny. Our uh, our, our picks are uh, mine are looking pretty good in the AFC, and yours are looking pretty good in the NFC. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy uh, how that's kind of worked out. So, um, let's look at uh, the next one: Minnesota at Green Bay, uh, one o'clock uh, on Fox, and I am showing. Uh, Green Bay at six and a half point favorite at home. Uh, yeah, Minnesota's really, really kind of falling apart uh, since they since they started out five and zero. Green Bay is still trying to make a push, stay competitive with uh, with Detroit, and I think they do that this week. Yeah, this this one, um, I, I you know I love the saying: the team's never as bad as their game last week, and they're never as good as their game last week. The, the, the true thing is somewhere in the middle, and Minnesota got whopped by the Colts. Um, so this is a classic bounce-back situation for them, but I don't know that they have anything to bounce back to. Uh, I, I, I don't think this Green Bay team is as good as that they have been playing lately. Um, I, think, I think what we saw in the beginning of the year is more like what this Green Bay team is. I mean, they barely got by the Bears last week. If they would have routed the Bears, I really would have liked Minnesota in this position. But uh, I think Green Bay wins, but I think it's a competitive game. All right, fair enough. Uh, San Diego at Cleveland. Uh, San Diego is six-point favorite on the road uh, this 1 o'clock on CBS. Um, I think I think Cleveland's going to catch history this year and go winless, so I'm going to take San Diego. Wouldn't this just be textbook Philip Rivers to lose to Cleveland? Oh, it certainly would. Like I feel like this just makes way too much sense that Cleveland beat San Diego somehow. I mean, you have the you have the the warm weather, lovely weather, San Diego coming to Cleveland the end of December here. 
but I can't pick them. Uh, I, I really want to, but we got to be smart once in the NFL to go perfect here. <laughs> so we're taking uh, we're taking San Diego. All right, got the Washington Redskins traveling to Soldier Field one o'clock uh, on Fox. Uh, Washington is a three point road favorite. I, I think Washington's I think Washington's dead in the water. Um, I, I think that I think that team broke. Uh, on Monday at home against Carolina, uh, I think that uh, I think they're going to go in. And even though the Bears haven't haven't won, uh, I think they've actually shown signs of life. As hard as that is to believe, with with Matt Barkley uh, under center, uh, I'm going to take the Bears at home to deliver these uh, Chicago fans a, a Christmas Eve present. Damn, Jim, that was a uh, that was a great pick in sound logic. This Washington team, uh, following up on one of my phrases of the night, is they did not get off the bus for the game at home Monday night versus the Panthers. This team could care could have cared less about that game. Um, so I think you have a great pick with Chicago, but uh, I'm going to roll the dice and go with Washington because I need to pick up games and hope that the uh, hope that they keep it close. Uh, I, I think the, the key to this game will be if uh, Washington can slow down Howard for uh, Chicago. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Atlanta, a two-and-a-half-point favorite going into Carolina, 1 p.m. on Fox, the last of our 1 o'clock games. Uh, I like Atlanta the, to, to keep rolling. Carolina, you know, showing signs of life, but uh, but I, I don't think it's going to be enough. Atlanta trying to avoid their late-season skid that they usually go into so I like them to uh, to to pick up the win here. Yeah, you're wrong again. Carolina's going to keep it going. Uh, we have an extremely short week this week, which is kind of odd for for football. But uh, we we were in Washington, so it's not a huge uh, lengthy trip for us. But uh, this team is is exactly as you said, showing signs of life, and is actually going to have a uh, large determination in the uh, the uh, NFC playoff standings, especially the NFC South. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how this this Carolina team plays again. Um, obviously, we're not as bad as our record indicates. Uh, I think we've lost three or four games by a field goal or less. So, I mean, we are competitive. Uh, at the current number, there's no way I'd play Carolina catching two and a half. But if you get that full field goal, um, you you, you got to give them a look. Uh, Atlanta, they, they, they embarrassed our D-backs the last game that we played them. Uh, so I think that this is something that this is these D backs are going to shut down the wide receiving, and uh, Julio is also going to be out from everything I've seen. Uh, so that's another thing that's going to help. But uh, I, I really think that this is a spot that could favor Carolina. Maybe that's just the fan of me being hopeful. But uh, I think that this is a, a textbook revenge divisional game after being embarrassed with what Atlanta put up on them last time. I think uh, I think Julio had like 320 receiving yards against us last time, something insane like that. So um, I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair, but uh, hopefully my cats can uh, keep pounding and come out on top. All right, uh, we're going to try and roll somewhat quickly through the uh, remainder of these. Indianapolis, to steal the phrase from you, I don't think they're going to be uh, as good as they looked in their last game. Uh, they're coming into Oakland, who's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I like Oakland to stay competitive. Indy, I think just everything everything happened correctly last week, and I don't think it happens again. I'm on board with that. 
All right, then we got San Francisco at Los Angeles in a game that the I don't even think the state of California gives a shit about. Three and a half point favorite, 425 p.m. Uh, on Fox. That Indy-Oakland game is 405. That is the 405 start. So San Francisco at L.A. at 425. I have the Rams picking up the win at home. I have San Francisco winning this game somehow. Uh, first one to six wins this game, question mark? Sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll call it that. And actually, people would probably give a damn about it more if that was the way that they called it. Um, Arizona at Seattle. Seattle an eight-point favorite at home. 425 p.m. on Fox. Yeah, I think Seattle's the better team here. Um, there's just been a lot of trouble uh, with Arizona this year. Um, just, just a, I think it's kind of a mess. So uh, I think I think Seattle gets the win fairly easily. Definitely, I uh, got to go with Dick Sherman at home. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Uh, where, 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 oh, here we are. Uh, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. New Orleans a three-point home favorite, but I am at 4.25 p.m. on Fox. I'm going to take the road team, though. I like this Tampa Bay team. Um, they, they have a great defense, and the offense uh, you know, can move the ball well as well. We're going uh, to take the New Orleans Saints here and pick up another game on you, and we're going to be within four next week. Well, you would certainly hope so. The last of the Christmas Eve games, the Cincinnati Bengals a, a travel to uh, Houston where the Texans are a one-point home favorite. Uh, the Tom Savage era, or at least the Tom Sa- Savage week, begins 8.25 p.m. on the NFL Network. Uh, I, I think the Hawaii Bowl is going to be a little more interesting to watch than this one. Uh, I have Houston winning a close one because they're at home sure i uh i care less about this one i'll take the Bengals. um you know my feeling on uh on new quarterbacks and all that's been well documented this year um but uh i'm not sold on this houston team i know i had them to win the division but they've lost a couple key pieces since then uh but i'll take uh i'll take the road Bengals to come in and uh Give uh, give a nice Christmas gift to the state of Ohio. All right, then we move to some fun ones on Sunday, 4.30 p.m. this Christmas afternoon. So uh, once you're done opening presents, sit down and get all cozy and watch this one. Baltimore at Pittsburgh, this one on the NFL Network. Pittsburgh, a five-point home favorite. I'm actually going to take the Ravens in this one. Uh, I, I think Pittsburgh has overachieved a little bit. Uh, their defense is suspect. Uh, I think Baltimore is going to be the better defense in this game, uh, and and that that's going to be enough. They're going to be able to score enough points and and hold Pittsburgh off. Jim, the 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 hundred percent key to this game, um, we could argue it for hours, but uh, I'm telling you how it is. The key to this game is if Jimmy Smith plays for Baltimore. Um, in games he's played, Antonio Brown's been held to like 50 yards receiving because Jimmy just shuts him down. Um, in games he haven't, hasn't played, Brown's averaging like 148 yards or something along those lines I saw this week. Um, given the extent of his injury, uh, I'm going to take Pittsburgh solely based on that fact. Um, but if Jimmy plays, this is a completely different game. Uh, and if, if Jimmy plays, this line's closing at three, I'll tell you that much. All right. And then uh, the night game on Sunday, 
Christmas night, Denver at Kansas City. Kansas City, three-and-a-half-point home favorite. This one, 8.30 p.m. on NBC. Uh, for as as up and down as they've looked, Kansas City finds ways to win at home. And, you know, for the most part, now they lost to Tennessee uh, last week. But uh, I think they're going to bounce back. And I just think Denver, if they had anything that resembled an offense – would be a much better team. But they have they I think they've scored 13 points in the last 2 weeks. Um, you know, de- they say defense wins championships, but you have to at least have something that resembles an offense. Denver doesn't, Kansas City wins. I agree with you with Kansas City. I mean, there's there's just nothing there in Denver right now. And then we move to Monday, 8:30 p.m. on ESPN. The Cowboys won and only Monday night football game of the year. They're a seven-point home favorite against the Detroit Lions uh, in a game that if my pick holds true, the Cowboys would have to win to uh, to clinch home field advantage in the uh, NFC playoffs as well as the NFC East, which is not locked up as of this time, which is uh, Wednesday night, uh, obviously a day before the Giants play. Uh, I, of course, am taking the Cowboys uh, to win and, and to lock everything up. Well, Jim, I have a future, as we have discussed on the Lions from earlier this year, at 150 to one uh, from midseason when my buddy was out in Vegas. Uh, with that being said, Matt Stafford is going to deliver me one last Christmas gift, and they're going to go into Dallas and upset the Cowboys. All right. Well, Dave, best of luck to you. We have nine games that we differ on. Uh, and so we will see how that plays out. We're getting close to the end of the year, close to the end, close to that point when I can finally declare victory and something over you. But uh, Dave, anything else here before we uh, cl- close this thing up for Christmas? Well, you, you you might be able to declare victory in me, but no matter what happens, I'm not going to be losing by 30 games, uh, like I think happened <laughs> in the uh, college football, and I think it may have been a smaller sample too. So I'm defending myself in that one, but just throwing it out there as well. Uh, completely shifting gears, though. I uh, just want to wish everyone that uh, listens to us, follows us, uh, gives us a hard time on Twitter. Uh, the very best for the holidays. Make sure you spend the time with family and friends. Uh, cherish them while you can. All that uh, that good stuff. Uh, Jim and I really do appreciate all, all the support that you've given us and uh, helping to get the show off the ground. Uh, it's amazing to see how many more interactions we have uh, on a daily and weekly basis, uh, just given the, the popularity of the show. And, uh got some bright things ahead in the in the new year that'll be coming in the uh the, the coming weeks here um but i definitely think it's going to be a uh, very bright uh new year but uh all, all the all the best to all of our uh, listeners and followers and uh fans if we have any of them uh hiding out there anywhere but uh definitely a uh, merry christmas to you and the uh the lady as well jim uh we'll talk to you between now and then i'm sure multiple times yeah dave uh yeah, I I kind of echo what you say. It's been it's been a fun year. We we missed a couple weeks, uh, vacation sickness, things like that. We appreciate the people uh, sticking it out with us, and and we do have exciting things planned for 2017. Uh, and we we thank everyone for that, Dave. Uh, to you and the misses, we and and your entire family uh, have a great uh, have a great Christmas, and we'll talk to you next uh, next Wednesday night. You got it, buddy. Merry Christmas to all. All right, see you, bud. So that's going to do it, folks. The Christmas episode is in the books. One, Two more weeks of the NFL season are left. And uh, 
you know what? Just enjoy the holiday, folks. We, uh, you know, we we love doing this show for you each and every Wednesday night. We'll do it again next week, our last show of 2016. But uh, thanks to Dave for being a part. Thanks to uh, Anthony and Austin for calling in. We want to wish everyone, of course, a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Celebrate whatever you will, but do it and do it safely each and every Wednesday night live here on NGSP, NGSCSports.com, where we never stop. Also, daily on LeapSports.com is the Huddle Up podcast. That is L-E-E-I-B-Sports.com. You can follow us all the time, Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. I am on Twitter, at Big Jim Sports. Dave is at D Gerhardt 24 That is at D-G-E-R-H-A-R-T-0-2-4. Again, stay safe, folks. Have a great holiday. And we'll talk to you next week. Until then, go for the win. Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you.